0: Mark chapter number 12, beginning in verse 1, says, "...and again he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them, and then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men." And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes who were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts said, Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in a spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. Today we are continuing with our, our vision series. And as you know, every year we do a vision series where we talk about, you know, what God has on our heart for the upcoming year. It culminates in a, in a special offering on November 16th and 17th where we all bring our best to resource and finance that vision. This year we're doing something really special. Our goal is a modest one this year. And for those of you who are first time guests, you know, this is not necessarily for you. Of course, if, if it resonates with you, fine. But, um, this year we're doing something special and our goal is to, to receive 150,000 in this offering. And we want to take 10% of whatever comes in in this offering and sow it into a organization that pays off of medical bills for people who can't afford to pay their medical bills. And what they do is they match it for every dollar that we give, they put in a hundred. So our $15,000 gift to this organization will pay off $1.5 million in medical debt for people in our community who can't afford to pay for it themselves. Isn't that wonderful? And so the reason why we're setting it at 150,000 is because the minimum gift they require to do a, a fund or drive like this is $15,000. So of course, if we receive more than 150,000, we'll give more. So if we receive 500,000, we'll give 50,000 away in order to resource that. And the more we give, obviously the more medical bills that are paid. And so that's what this year is all about. We're continuing with our vision to be the church, to reach our community, to sow into our community next week we'll show you all of the projects that we did to help people throughout the course of this year because of your generosity and we're continuing in that vein but anyway with all that said i want to minister to you today on the subject connect four connect four do you all remember that game when you were growing up you know you you kind of hit the little switch at the bottom and all the checkers would go All over the place, that was my favorite part of the game, Connect Four. And I always find ways to cheat, by the way. Whenever I play games, I cheat at every game I play. You know, so, like, whatever. Anyway, Connect Four, that's my subject for today. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, would you minister by your grace and by your power to each and every person? Would you speak to the hearts of your people so that people can be encouraged, transformed, and changed for the better? We pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, you may be seated. As we come to the story of this paralyzed man carried by his four friends to Jesus... We find Jesus returning to or coming to the city of Capernaum. And Capernaum, for those of you that don't know, was the home base of Jesus. I know a lot of people don't realize that because, you know, he was from Nazareth and he was born in Bethlehem and all that. So people don't really know that Capernaum was the home base for Jesus. And it was out of this base that Jesus did many of the miracles that we read about in the scripture. Matter of fact, five of his 12 disciples were called right there in the city of Capernaum. There he did a lot of teaching. And so the people of Capernaum... Capernaum had a very special opportunity to see the ministry of Jesus up close and in person. And so you would think with all of this that's going on, all of the miracles and all of the teaching and all of the, the relationship with Jesus, that the city of Capernaum would have just sold out to Christ. The fact of the matter is many of them rejected him. And so there is one place in the scripture where Jesus actually curses Capernaum because even though they saw the great light that Jesus was, they never put their faith in him as their personal savior. You could say that the Jews which were part of the body of Christ at that time, did not recognize Jesus as the head. That there was some type of of disconnect between the head and the body. And the reason why I bring this up is to point your attention to a greater spiritual truth that is happening within the text. And we see this in the life of the paralytic man. The paralytic man is somebody who has all of the faculties in order to walk he has all of the mental faculties and he has all of the physical faculties. He has ankle bones, he has feet, he has kneecaps, he has legs, he has everything that he needs. order to walk, but he cannot walk. And the reason why he cannot walk is there is a disconnect between his head and his body. When his brain sends out a signal to his feet that says move, his body does not catch the signal because of the disconnect between the head and the body. Very much the same is true in our lives. If we want to walk like Christ has called us to walk, not physically but spiritually speaking we must be connected to the head and the way that we get connected to the head there really is no other way is through our connection with the body the body of christ is the local church matter of fact i want you to listen to what the scripture emphatically says about this colossians chapter 1 verse number 18 and he is the head of the body which is the church There's a lot of people who are on the mat in life, not because they're bad people, not because they don't love Jesus, but because they are disconnected from the local body, which is a source of great strength. It's a source of us being spiritually fed so that we can, and we're going to see this, so that we can rise above many of the ills that come at us in life because we all know that life is not easy. But when we are disconnected from the body, we we wind up lying on the mat when life knocks us down more than we should because we don't benefit from the strength that comes from being connected to the head simply put the church sometimes doesn't reach its potential in the people of the church because there is no commitment to the local body. And you've heard me share this last week when we begin this series because I felt mandated by God to call our church back to a commitment to the local body. And you heard me share some of the sorry statistics of most Christians. Most Christians in churches like ours attend church 1.7 times a month. 1.7. In other words, their relationship with the body is casual. Their relationship with the body is convenient. It's not a priority in most people's lives. In most people's life, it's like, you know, when I can get to church, I'll get to church. When I can get involved, I'll get involved. But if I got something that's like a better option that particular day, I'm going to go with that better option. And and we have a 1.7%, 1.7 times a month in showing up in God's house, yet all of us want God to show up for us 100% of the time. It's almost like we want God, you know, God understands, God loves me, and even though I'm not real committed, and even though I'm real casual, I want all the benefits that that are afforded me as a believer. And it doesn't work that way. And we're gonna see that today. God doesn't want us to be casually committed. God doesn't want us to be conveniently committed. God wants us to be sold out. God expects to be first in every aspect of our lives. He expects to be first in our time, in our talent, in our treasure, in our families, in our marriages, on our job, every single thing. The Christian life is not a half-in, half out. Matter of fact, Jesus said plainly, He said, if you're half in and half out, he called that lukewarm. He said, you lukewarm i 'll spit you out of my, out of my mouth, and so we 've got to get back to christian basics we 've got to understand that the life of Christ, the life of a Christian, is one of being sold out in every way fully. Committed, and so I want to talk to you from the subject of connect four, connecting to the body of Christ. And the reason why I call it connect four is because I see four truths in this text about the power and the benefit of being connected to the head through His body, the church. And this is a really clever title because how many friends? Four friends. Get it? Connect. Connect four. I worked on that all week. You know. Not only that, but but these four friends are carried by a guy who we're going to nickname Matt. That's very clever right there, too, because that's where he spent most of his time. But we're going to see through the life of Matt and his four friends the power of being connected. Four reasons for being connected to the church to the local body where we can receive spiritual health and and the health that we need to to walk in the life that Christ has called us to. The first one is being connected is for you. Being connected is for you. Where do we see this? Well, we first see this, before we even get to our story, in the very first book in the Bible, Genesis chapter 2, verse number 18. You remember it says, God says, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper comparable to him. And so the first not good in the Bible is, it's not good to be disconnected. It's not good to be all by yourself. It's not good to do life by yourself because we all know that there are times when we are going to need help in life and when you're by yourself you have nobody there to help you but when you're part of a faith community you're part of a bigger family and when you can't do it there are other people who are there for you to help you through those opportunities and not just any type of people but notice people comparable to you we have this this fallacy in modern-day culture, and maybe it's been around for a long time, that if you want a really good relationship, you find somebody who's opposite of you. And you, you've heard it said before, opposites, attacked. Uh, opposites attract. Opposites really attack. They don't attract. But you've heard it said before, opposites uh, attract one another. And so people look for, you know, that, that person that's not like them in a relationship. Can I just tell you, you're signing up for a relationship Disaster. The fact of the matter is, the scripture says, how can two walk together except they be agreed? And the longer you are married, the more important you realize how much it is for you to have all of the big values shared in common. Because otherwise, it's a battle royal all of the time. Marriage is hard enough, but if you don't share the same values, if you don't have the same foundation, it is really hard. It is almost impossible. And so when you're going through life, what you need, and when you're going through difficult times, and when you got to make it through something, What you need is you don't need somebody that's the opposite of you. You need somebody that is like you, comparable to you. And when you are connected in the house of God, what you find... Not 100% of the time, right? Because there are people who are kind of just getting in and people who are just growing. But what you find is you find people who have the same biblical view as you. You have people who have the same biblical worldview. You have same people who can pray with you from the same perspective. You have people who can pray with you from a biblical perspective. And so you find people comparable to you to, you, to help you. And help in this verse, you know, a lot, a lot of men love this verse, you know. Ah, uh, look at that. God assigned my wife to be my helper. That means she got to cook it for me. She got to clean for me. She got to give me sex anytime I want to. That's not what helper means. Helper means assistance that is supernatural. It, It means like when you can't do it all by yourself because you're just not capable... God gives you this supernatural help from heaven, much like the Holy Spirit. How many of you know the Holy Spirit's not your slave? Look at, look at everybody looking at me like, because people are still. Pastor, did you say sex a minute ago? Yes, I did. Like you're like shocked by that. Like in church, really, really? Yes, she's not your slave. You're not our boss. You don't order her around. Us. That's not what helper means. It means supernatural aid. It means somebody who is there to do life with you, to help you through, for you to help them through. It is this partnership that makes it so that we can overcome the things that uh, that that come against us in life. Being connected is for us. And Matt is connected to these four guys who are part of the, if you will. For just purposes of the of the conversation, part of the church, friends that that share spiritual truths and friends that understand what it means to get somebody to jesus and, and they are committed to carrying Matt to the house where jesus is it 's not my subject, but that 'll preach all by itself. We need friends who are going to carry us. To the house of God. Carry us to the place where we can meet Christ. Not friends who are like cool with us missing church for three and four months because you know we got this going on or that going on. or We need friends who are not going to be okay with that. We need friends who are going to come to us and say "Uh uh-uh something is slipping in your life. You are distancing yourself from God and you need to reconnect to the place where you can meet Christ. And so there are four things that that happened for Matt for benefits for you and me when we are connected to the body and therefore the head first of all we're able to walk through the door of disappointment how many of you know life can be disappointing let's just be real about it right christian or no christian love the lord don't love the lord life can be disappointing we've we've all been let down we've all prayed and not got answers We've all had life turn out different than the way we thought it was going to. And the temptation during times like that, let's all be real about this, is to quit. The temptation during times like that is to say, why bother? The temptation during times like that is to distance ourselves from our Savior, to throw in the towel on our faith. And this is just what the enemy wants because ultimately what the enemy is after is to create such disarray in your life now that he ruins your life later. See, this life, as much as we believe in the blessings of God and the goodness of God is not the real thing. I mean it's real but it's not the real thing it's a blip on the radar screen it's a vapor it's here today gone tomorrow where real life is is, is in eternity that's where life really begins and so the purpose of the enemy is to destroy life now so he can give up, get, get us to give up on our faith so our life later can be ruined and so what do we need? Disappointment come, comes our way we need to be connected in such a way that somebody can help us to overcome so that we don't give up on our faith matter of fact proverbs chapter 13 verse 12 says unrelenting disappointment leaves you heart sick Stuff starts happening over and over and over and over and again. It gets on the inside of you. It hurts you. But the next part of the verse says, but a sudden good break can turn your life around. In other words, when we're going through unrelenting disappointment, we need to be connected to a place and a body where we can hear, you know what, even though this is a real difficult time for you, God can turn a good break your way to put your life in the opposite direction that it's going in now. We need that hope. When Matt and his friends get to the door. I mean, they carried, they carried Matt for miles to get to the house where Jesus was. And they get there, and they're all excited about it. And when they get there, there's no room for them to get in the house. I pray one day that's how it is in the church. There's no room for people to get in, so we got to make bigger. Right? That's so what we should want. They can't, and, and they go try to go through the front door, and they can't. The door of dis- disappointment is there. And so what happens? What happens is they, they don't give up. Because these are four good friends, four, four friends who, who have the spiritual stock to say, you know what, we're not going to quit just because we were disappointed. We're not going to quit just because this front door was closed. We're going to go up to a new door. How many of you know sometimes when the door is closed that you're trying to get through, it's because God is calling you up to a higher door? Because in Bible times, they had doors on the roof of their house. And, and they what their plan was, you know what, if we can't get in this door, we're going to go through another door. So this door is shut, but we're not taking that as God's shutting us out. We're taking that as God is going to take us higher. So they carry Matt up to the top, and they open up the door, and they realize that the opening is not big enough to lower him down through. And so they begin to rip open that particular roof. What I love about that is that if they tried to get in through the front door, they would have never connected with Jesus because the house was packed. But because God shut that door and called them up to a higher door, they got lowered right down the Jesus VIP seats and they showed up late. Why? Because this is what God wants to do for you. but in order to break through that door of disappointment, got to be connected. got to be connected to people who can lift you up when you fall down. There was somebody who came to church last night. I could see heaviness all over them when they walked in. And I, and I know their circumstances. This is a woman who's been married for a long time, 50, 50 years or better. And, um, and I looked at her I and said, I said, you're struggling with the loss right now, aren't you? She said, yeah, Pastor. She said, I'm just really down today. Today was a bad day. And uh, she came in. I mean, you could see it on her. By the time the service was over, she came back to me. She said, you know what, Pastor? Just being in church just lifted my spirits. She said, I feel I feel so much better. The words that you spoke resonated with me. They gave me some hope. They gave me gave me some fight back. See, this is what happens. We're able to walk through the door of disappointment. But the other reason why connecting is good for us is because we're also able to walk through the door of opposition. They carry Matt up to the roof and the hole is not big enough to lower Matt down. And so what do they do? They get their hands dirty. They begin to rip open the roof, which I think is a very unique detail given only in the gospel of Mark, not given in any of the other gospel accounts of the story. And do you know why? The reason is because Mark was writing on behalf of Peter through Peter's eyes. And many scholars believe the house that Jesus was in at this time, was Peter's house. So none of the other gospel writers care to rip about the roof being ripped open because it wasn't their house. Because if it don't affect you, it don't affect you, right? But Peter is telling the story. And he's telling, and they ripped my roof open. But see, here's what happens when we get connected to the body. We find people who are willing to personally sacrifice for our well-being. And so here they are. They start ripping the roof open. They start breaking through the opposition in order to lower Matt down to Jesus. What happens when we are connected? Why is it good for us? It helps us to walk through the door of disappointment and the door of opposition. But the third door it helps us to walk through is the door of healing. The door of healing. Here they are. I mean, they they, they go through all this to get Matt to Jesus and, and they're lowering Matt down to Jesus. And, and, and the more they lower him, the further away from them that gets and the closer to Jesus he gets. Because even though we all need to be here for one another, right? That's what faith community is all about. That's what being connected to the body is all about is, is having people to lean on. But there comes a point at which you have to realize people can only carry you so far. There comes a point at which you have to realize the rest is now up to you and Jesus. There comes a point at which you have to put on your big boy pants and your big girl pants and you have to pray for yourself and you have to stand on the word of God for yourself and you have to get disciplined in the spiritual things yourself. People can take you so far. People can carry you for a season but people were not meant to carry you for a lifetime. Jesus is the one who is meant to carry you for a lifetime and so they start lowering them down and they lower them down and and Jesus looks and Jesus says son your sins are forgiven you and they're like what? seriously? we come all this way spend all this energy can't get in through the front door walk through the door of disappointment, Go up to the top. Rip open the roof. Walk through the door of opposition. Jesus, son, my sins are forgiven. This almost seems disappointing to us because our mind has been so warped. We think temporary things are better than spiritual things. If Jesus just healed him, he would have still died in a sense. He might have been okay in this life. But he would have been lost for all of eternity. We got this thing twisted. We think stuff on the outside matters more than stuff on the inside. But Jesus is not just a partial healer. Jesus is a complete healer. And Jesus knows the situation with this man. He knows that Matt is not just hurt on the outside. But Matt is all jacked up on the inside. And Jesus as the all-knowing God and all-knowing Savior wants to do a healing from the inside out he wants to work on his core before he works on what's on the outside and so Jesus reaches into the man's heart because when you've been paralyzed your whole life it doesn't just hurt you on the outside it hurts you on the inside when we go through stuff it doesn't just hurt us on the outside it hurts us on the inside it wreaks havoc in our inner being moreover Jesus understood the culture of the day in Bible times If you were paralyzed, everybody in the culture stigmatized you saying that the reason why you were paralyzed is you were being punished for your sin or the sins of your parents. Isn't it amazing how the enemy will mess with our mind? The enemy does all sorts of evils in our life. Brings all sorts of calamity, all sorts of problems, all sorts of issues. And we come away with God is punishing me. He's messing with your mind. In order to distance you from God, the source of your help. Jesus knows what their stigma is Jesus knows that he's been labeled Because of how he's lived And things that have been out of his control And he's been labeled by people He's been labeled by systems He's been labeled by institutions He's been labeled, labeled, labeled And he's hurting And so the first thing Jesus goes for Is an inner healing He said, son, your sins are forgiven you Even in your current condition I want you to know that you are a child of mine I want you to know that you are loved That you are valued That there's a plan for your life Some of you came in here today thinking, well, what about me? Society doesn't like me, and society looks at me a weird way. God brought you here today to let you know that God loves you just the way you are. He doesn't want you to stay the way you are. He wants you to become more like Christ, but he'll love you from the place that you're at. And so Jesus goes for an inside healing. He's able to walk through the door of healing. But then after he goes for the inside healing, I love it how when grace shows up, religious people get crazy. Did you notice that? He forgives somebody who they don't think should be forgiven. Somebody who the religious people think doesn't deserve God's grace, gets God's grace, and the religious people all start grumbling within themselves. Oh, is he to forgive sin like that? Here's what I love about this. Jesus hears what Matt's enemies are saying, and he uses the grumbling of the enemy to not just heal him on the inside, but to heal them on the outside. How many of you know God is so good, God will use your friends and your enemies to bless you? God doesn't just limit it to your friends. You see, when you walk with God, when you are committed to being connected to the body of Christ, to the house of God, God will not just use your friends to bless you. God will use your enemies to bless you. God will hear somebody grumbling about you and do it for you just to prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies. You won't even know that God's doing it for that reason. But it's as if God is saying, ha, look at that right there. See, you thought he wasn't going to get that, but I did it just because you got upset about it. God does it. They walk through the door of healing. But then notice the fourth door. It's good for you to be connected because you're able to walk through the door of obedience. Here's what I love about Matt. Jesus says to him, if you read through the story, he says, take up your bed and walk and go to your house. And and, and Matt is able to actually execute what Jesus asked him to do because when when you are connected to the body, you're able to walk through the door of obedience. You're able to grow. You're able to be spiritually strong. You're able to do the things that you cannot do all by yourself. You're able to, to walk out the Christian life. And here's what I really love about Matt getting up, taking his bed and walking out. He didn't walk out through the door and the roof. He walked out through the front door he walked out through the door that was closed to him here's what happens when you are connected to the head through the body God opens doors for you that you know, you couldn't get into before God, God opens places for you to be that you were shut out of before and all of a sudden people begin to look at you how did they get to there I thought they couldn't I thought they weren't able but when you are connected when you are all in to the body and connected to the head God begins to do stuff for you opens doors that people people have shut before it's good for you to be connected but not only is it good for you to be connected it's good for others for you to be connected notice what the scripture says verse number 5 when Jesus saw their faith he said to the paralytic son your sins are forgiven who's their faith it's Matt's four friends because how many of you know there are sometimes in life Where our faith is not strong enough. We need their faith. There are some times in life. We need somebody to pray for us. There are some times in life we need somebody to intercede for us. There are times in life where we need people to hold our hands up. We need people to carry us. We need their faith sometimes in order to make it through. And that's what the body is for. That's what the church is for. That's what it means when you are connected to the head. Sometimes your connection is for others. They may have something going on. You may have nothing going on. But the reason why you're connected is because they may need your smile that day. They may need your gift that day. They may need your wisdom that day. They may need something that you have that particular day. I'm a little bit freer to talk about this than I've been in years because my daughter just shared at the SHE conference, women's conference, her testimony about being in an abusive relationship for three years. And none of y'all knew that except a few of you. And none of y'all would be able to tell that by me getting up and preaching every single week. Because during that, that three-year period, and I'm not bragging on me, I'm bragging on God, I preached better than I had in my entire life. There was a grace that was on me that was stronger than I had in my entire life because I couldn't carry myself when I'm weak, he's strong. And, and, and there were times when I could not literally get out of bed. I'd stay in bed until I had to get out of bed in order to come and preach. And I would say to myself, I have no idea how I'm going to put two sentences together and make any sense of what is going on, let alone how am I going to prepare a message where my mind needs to be focused and locked in on something. I don't know how I'm going to do it. And I'd get up there and the grace of God would come upon me in a supernatural way and I'd preach and not only preach and make sense, but preach and be anointed. But about one and a half years into that situation, my routine was because she left the house and I knew she was being abused. And I'll tell you, can I just be real with you? I was ready to give up the whole ministry so I could go and do what I had to do for real. And and so, but I was fighting the whole time and I was warring the whole time and I'd pray and 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 nothing was happening. But every night I would leave the porch light on and many nights I would not only leave the porch light on, I would walk down the streets around the corner believing that she's just going to come home any particular time. And one night after a year and a half of doing this, I cut the light out in disgust because I felt like God's not hearing me and God's not answering my prayers and I'm just wasting electricity. And the next day I came to church connected and somebody who had been lifting up my arms during the situation, somebody who had been praying, walked up to me and said, Pastor, I have no idea what this means, but God told me to tell you, leave the light on. That was for me. Their faith was for me. I needed it. My family needed it. My daughter, it. it was the strength that I needed to not give up in the situation. Being connected is for others. Somebody needs you. Don't take for granted what God, why God has called you to be connected to the body. Number three, being connected is for us. Matthew or Matt was carried by his four friends. And when he was carried, each one grabbed the corner of the mat. I decided to show you what this was like. It was the mat. I need four strong men. Not to exclude the ladies, but I'm just being a gentleman. I know ladies, y'all are strong. I get it. I get it. I get it. So I need, I'm going to just pick y'all, okay? Can I have one, two, three? Come on. And I need one. Because these, these are all pretty pretty big, robust guys, okay? Um, so now I need one, like, kind of like, you know, I know you're strong, but I need one guy that doesn't appear to be as strong, okay? I need, like, one, like, you know, like, you know, come on. Give me a kid, like a 13, 14-year-old kid. You got, come on, you got a kid? Come on, come on, kid. Come on, hurry up, buddy. Come on, run from the back. Oh, we got him. First one here gets it. That's all right, both of you could come Because I need one of you to do something else Come on, come on, come on come on. Come on. Alright, you can both help Come on, we're going to do this Okay, now I need you to be I need you to be Matt Okay, do you know what that means your job is? Yeah. What does that mean your job is if you're Matt? Lay on the mat, look at that He's paying attention in church, give him some props Okay, so now get your head on there So your head don't hang over you should If your feet hang over, that's going to be better for you You don't want your head there, okay, lay down, go ahead now, they're going to be Matt's four friends, and I'm going to be Jesus, because that means I don't got to do any work. I'm working I'm working a lot up here right now, right? So here's what happened is, now, we are going to simulate this, because how many of you know, they didn't bring Matt this far to get to Jesus? They brought him miles. Each one grabbed a corner. Go ahead and grab. Everybody grab a corner. Everybody grab a corner. Go ahead. There's a corner. There you go. All right. Now you're all coordinated. Go ahead and lift Matt up. Now I want you to just walk in place like you walk in a couple of miles. We're going to keep this up. See what your aerobics are like. Come on. Get your aerobics going. Come on, get him up, get them up, get them up. High knees, high knees, come on, get them up. You're walking miles to get to Jesus. Come on, get him up, get him up. We're gonna do this by at least a minute. I want you all to feel look, see that? He needed an extra hand right there. Come on, keep getting high knees, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. They're walking, they're walking to Bring them to Jesus, bring them to Jesus. Come on, bring them to Jesus. And then you could put them down. And I don't mean this in sacrilegious way, but at the feet of Jesus. Okay, now what I need one of you to do is I need one of you big, strong guys. Justin, step off. Okay? Now I need you all three. Step back, step back out of the way. You're not helping no more. You're just looking good, okay? Handsome man. Okay? Now what I need you all is I need you three to get them to Jesus. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You, you, you acting like Jesus is close. Jesus ain't close. Get them high knees going. Come on. You come to church, you leave burning some calories, right? It's like aerobics, right? Getting them to Jesus. Come on, get them knees up, son. Let's go. Come on, man. This is football practice right here. Come on. And put them down. Now I need one other big, strong guy to step aside. Go ahead. Step aside. Now I need you all two to bring them to Jesus. Come on. High knees. I'll be cheating now. Come on, you got no choice. Matt needs to get to Jesus. Let's go. Watch out. Now don't drop him now. Careful now. Come on, you got it, buddy? Okay, well, Jesus is a little closer this time, okay? Put him down, put him down, put him down. Okay, now I need you to drop out. Now any what's your name, champ? What's your name? Jesus. You're not Jesus. You you <laughs> Ryder is your name? Okay. Ryder. I need you to get Matt to Jesus. You can't you can't push him because Jesus, in order to get him to Jesus, you've got to bring him up on the roof. How you gonna get him up there? Don't move him unless you can get him up. Come on, try again. Oh, easy, easy, easy. All right. Give Ryder, Matt, and the big man a big hand. You guys can go sit, sit down. Say, Pastor, why, why, why'd you do that? Because being connected is for us. That's okay, leave it right there. In other words, the only reason why Matt was able to get to Jesus is because everybody pulled their weight. There came a point at which when enough people dropped out, it became impossible for Matt to experience what Jesus wanted to give him. Because if you read some of the other gospels, it says that the presence of the Lord or the power of God was present to heal in that house. In other words, Jesus was waiting in order to heal Matt, and he was waiting on Matt and his partners, Matt and who he was connected to, in order to unleash what he was planning to do. And and they were able to do it when only one person dropped out, because the others made up for it. And they were able to do it when two people dropped out. but each time it became harder and more difficult. And if they too had to do that every single week, it probably only be a matter of time before somebody else dropped out. And sooner or later, you'd be left with one person trying to move Matt all the way to Jesus to get what Jesus has. Say, pastor, what are you talking about? I'm talking about the body where everybody pulls their weight. Look at that. Look at that. That was good preaching right there. I'm talking about where everybody grabs a corner. I'm talking about where everybody serves. I'm, here's, here's the sad statistics on church. It only stopped at 1.7. 20% of the people do 80% of the work. 20% of the people do all the ushering, all the greeting, all the kids' ministry, all the parking lot ministry, all the small groups' ministry. all the uh, 20% of the people. of the people give 80% of the money. But yet 100% of the people want 100% of the benefits. Could it be that the reason why churches, not just our church, because our church is better than most, right? Right? Could it be that the reason why churches are not experiencing everything that God has for them has nothing to do with God wanting to do it or not wanting to do it, but has everything to do with only some people are willing to pull their weight? Because when everybody gets connected, when everybody gets a part of the body and connected to the head, there is an outpouring of the power of God that will make people say, I've never seen anything like This, God is waiting on everybody to play their part. Romans chapter 12, verse number 4. I like it when it gets quiet. I used to not like it when it gets quiet because I didn't think he was paying attention. But now I know that when it gets quiet, it means that I'm really doing some heart surgery. That I'm I'm really hitting home. Romans chapter 12, verse number 4. Just as there are many parts of the body, so it is with Christ's body. We're all parts of it, and it takes every one of us to make it complete. For we each have different work to do, so we belong to each other, and each needs all the others. Every part is necessary in order to experience the fullness of what God has. Mother Teresa said, I can do things you can't do. You can do things I can't do. Together we can do some some great things. The fullness of what God wants for us as a church will only be experienced if everybody plays their role. We have experienced wonderful things as a church. Matter of fact, without bragging in any way, we as a church are a church in our region where other churches aspire to. They, They want to do what we've done. But see here's, I don't want to stay where we are. I don't want to stay in this place of resting on yesterday because I believe that there's a harvest that still needs to be reaped. I believe that there's people that still need to be touched. And in order to go from where we are to what God has for us, it's going to take everybody grabbing their corner, everybody serving, everybody bringing their tithe, everybody all in, everybody, everybody, everybody. And when everybody gets in, what's going to happen is people are going to look and say, I've never seen anything like this. No, not in New England. No, not in history. That's the Bible. Bible Belt kind of stuff. No, it can be here kind of stuff. We need to do it as a team. God needs all of us. Let me, let me push this just a little bit. How many of y'all remember the story of Peter and the miraculous catch of fish in the Bible? Peter, he fished all night. He caught nothing, right? Jesus shows up. There's a crowd of people that are wanting to hear from Jesus. And so Jesus basically says to Peter, can I use your boat so I can push out onto the shores a little bit and preach to the people because they were crowding Jesus so much, he needed a little distance. It's amazing how Peter was willing to let Jesus use whatever he had for the gospel. His house, even if that meant tearing his roof open. His boat, he just gave it to Jesus. And so here he is Jesus preaches, and after Jesus is done, using what Peter gave him, Jesus says to Peter, Pete, why don't you go push out in the deep a little bit and let down your nets one more time. Peter says, Lord, I did this all night. I caught nothing. Here's what he was saying. I know better than you. What what, what do you mean? You know, you stick to Jesus stuff. I stick to fishing. Don't don't you tell me how to fish. I won't tell you how to be God. Have you ever done that in your life before? God, I know better than you. 1.7 times a month is going to make me spiritually healthy. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. I'm not trying to make friends. I'm trying to make disciples. And sometimes to make a disciple, you got to tweak some people a little bit. You got to get the slack, jerk it out of them a little bit. You know, don't despise chastening. As though you're bastards, the scripture says. When you're chastened, it means you're a, a treasured son. It means you're a treasured daughter. It means God cares about you. It means God wants to bring out the best in you. And so Peter, kind of like, almost like half rebellious. He's like, all right, well, you know, nevertheless. That's your word. To appease Jesus, to patronize Jesus. As if, as if I know it ain't going to work. Amazing how we go into The things of God, I know it ain't going to work attitude. But see, Peter had let Jesus his boat. Whenever you lend Jesus anything, you don't even have to ask. Jesus will give it back to you better. And so Jesus had something on his mind that he wanted to do for Peter. Because Peter was always giving him stuff for the gospel. And so he tells him, go ahead and let. And it says that he threw out his net. He began to pull it in and the net began to break. Do you know why the net began to break? Because Peter partially obeyed. Jesus didn't say let down your net, He said let down your nets because Jesus knew what He had in store for Peter. But Peter was only to get, was only able to get part of what Jesus wanted to do because He was only partially committed. When we're only partially committed, we can only get part of what God wants us to do. When only part of the church is exercising their role in the body, we can only experience part of what God wants us to have. And the net begins to break. And my question for you is, how many fish are we missing? Because some people won't grab their corner. So he he begins to pull it in. He gets it in the boat. And the boat that he let Jesus use to preach from starts to sink. Come on, somebody. Give Jesus your boat. Just let him use it. Just just go ahead and let him use it. Don't, Don't give it to him because you're expecting him to sink it with blessings. That's not the reason why you give. Peter had no idea. No idea. Why or what? Jesus was going to do He just wanted to be a blessing to Jesus Go ahead and use my boat But anytime you have the right heart Anytime you give God something for The right reason God will give you a blessing That will be a mind blowing result He starts to sink his boat But that's not even why I want you to see this The part of the story That, that, that just jumped off the page To me Was in Luke chapter 5 verse 7 Where it says, so they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that both began to sink. Here's what God said to me. My power is waiting on partnership. My power, the fullness of what I have, is waiting on the complete connection of all of my partners to my body. I can't pour out all of my power on a partial connection, but I can pull out all of my power and pour it out on a full connection. Everybody needs to get connected. The scripture tells us we are God's laborers, co-laborers, co-workers. We're God's partners Matter of fact, um, and I'll, I'll begin to wrap this up. Just this week, on a national scale, one week ago to be precise, on a national scale, we all experienced the power of everybody taking their place. Just a week ago, we experienced the power of everybody on the team showing up and being willing to do their part. Did you see it? It happened at about 820 last Sunday night when, when all the cowboys showed up. Did you notice that? See, now, see, everybody was, was down on my boys, and they were down on my boys because they lost to the sorry jets, and everybody was predicting predicting their demise because they lost to the sorry jets but i knew better because i knew that the reason why they lost to the sorry jets is because two of their tackles were not in place for that game and two of their receivers were not in place for their game their two starting tackles and their starting receiver number one receiver and their starting slot receiver were not there and so they could not Produce at the level of their potential, cause not everybody was in place on the team. But when everybody took their place, firepower was unleashed like you've never seen before, and they put the smack down. Where my ego fans at? Fly, Philly, fly. What am I telling you? I'm telling you this, firepower on reserve. There's reach on reserve. There's, there's potential on reserve. There's healing on reserve. There's help on reserve. It, it's all here. Everything you need, everything we need as a body is in the house. It's here. It's present. There should never be anybody that lacks. Never be anybody that goes without. Never, it shouldn't happen, but it does. Cause some people ain't showing up. It's time to get connected. My last point being connected is good for God Pete gets up he walks through the door of obedience and after he walks through the door of obedience the scripture says that he did it in the presence of them all and they were all amazed and glorified God and they begin to say we never saw anything like this what happens when the whole body shows up what happens when the whole body gets connected what happens when everybody pulls their weight people people These were the people who were speaking against Jesus. People didn't like grace. All of a sudden started praising God and glorifying God because they never saw anything like this. It's not, it's not a secret. It's not a mystery on how a revival starts. It's not a mystery on how people who are lost come to Christ. What it is, it's the body of Christ rising up. That's what it takes. I know it doesn't take better preaching because I can't preach any better. I know it doesn't take better singing because we can't sing any better. What it takes is the body of Christ are you ready?